0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm
1: podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Are you ready to create
0: a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to the Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: And Welcome everyone, all of you intentional spirits. We love the fact that you not only listen to our show, but you share it with your friends and family and social media contacts. It means a lot because of you. We're featured all over the world and people are tuning in and listening in. So a big shout out and a great thank you for that. You know, as I say all the time, and remind myself all the time. It's it's one thing to have good intentions. Uh, we see that a lot of you know people who have New Year's resolutions, or they make lists or to do lists, you know, and those kind of things. But it's another thing to be an intentional spirit, and a person that continues to move forward boldly and brave in whatever circumstances or whatever external things are going on. It's a person that still continues to move forward. Because in life, there is always the reason before us or the reason behind us that could keep us from achieving, um, accomplishing, experiencing, or just taking a a vacation and, and letting go of work. So, Think about that for yourself, is that how are you being intentional and how are you aligned with that particular connection? Um, I'm thrilled today to have definitely an intentional spirit on our show, Um, an individual that because of who she is and how she walks on her journey has greatly impacted uh, my life. I remember um, many years ago, I think we're going on 30 now, but a long time Uh, I remember looking into her refrigerator the first time and not recognizing anything that was in there. I'm like, what do you eat? You know, you just drink green juice and what are these things and rice milk and what is this stuff? And I remember like, what is that? And she would go on to impact me in the the greatest ways and changing the way I think about nutrition, about my life, about uh, being young and, and vital. Minx Boren, you are one of my rock stars and I am just thrilled to know you and you are awesome. Welcome to our show.
2: Thank you and I feel the same way about you. It's been a magical relationship all these years
1: it really has it's been a magical relationship and a learning on on both of our parts and you have uh, so much to offer people you're a life coach you lead amazing workshops women retreats you're an author and you are uh you lead by example and you've always been able to do that whether it's relationship whether it's exercise um you know, Minx is just one of those people you meet in a crowded room, and you just say, "Who are you? <laughs> Who are you?" And I want you to sit at my dinner table. You have a new book that's just coming out, "Growing Bolder with Gratitude, Gusto, Grit, and Grace." Tell us about uh, the story with this book, how it came about, uh, why it's important to you, and why it matters that other people read it.
2: I'm glad to do that. So, interestingly, the title is Growing Bolder, the B's in parentheses. So it's Growing Older Bolder. I started writing it when I turned 70 because there were things that I absolutely wanted to get down on paper and look at for myself. I'm a I journal. I've been journaling almost my whole life. And so one of the ways I explore and discover myself is on the page. And so it began as things that I needed to put down on paper to make them true. It's interesting because you were talking about intentional spirit. And one of the chapters in the book is called Knowing Isn't Doing. We all know so much good stuff and we're bombarded with it every day, almost to the point of being overwhelmed but knowing isn't doing. It's like, what are the things that we're actually going to do to walk our talk, to, to live in such a way that the things that we know are good for us become the things that we not only have to do or do, but we get to do them. We get to do them in celebration. We recognize that it's a way to love ourselves whole. So Growing Bolder is about, I turned 70, and it was time to get this, Out in the world, and of course the universe works in very interesting ways, and so after I started writing and had about a 100 and something pages done, I fell and seriously broke my wrist and needed two surgeries and couldn't write at all for a year, and I write by hand first. So I needed to take a real step back and look at get it's like that gap year where you actually everything gets clearer than you ever could have imagined and you see things whole and that's what happened in the in the 2 years that I couldn't really write and I couldn't really type I had an opportunity to really look back through life and see the journey all the things that went according to plan and the many more things that never went according to plan that seemed like upsets or setbacks or disappointments and how they absolutely, positively, magically, and miraculously shaped my life, and that's a lot about of what the book is about.
1: That's immensely powerful. You're you're talking about the knowing and and the growing, and I've I've said many times that we want our knowing to turn into our growing, to then transform into our showing, and. Mm. That's something that is, is sometimes heavy on my heart, you know, when I, I read some of the news headlines and the need for prayer <laughs> or the need to be um, more activated or in a place of action. And that seems to be like a fundamental premise is that we have more information than we've ever had. In other words, we know if we eat certain foods, it's going to impact us in a negative way, but people still do it. You know, we know that fried stuff and, you know, a lot of the processed sugars and those kind of things. So you're so right. It's it's a beautiful thing to know something, but it's something altogether different to go, well, you know, it's really time that I that I do something. I was sharing um, on Sunday about a guy that in 2014, he looked in the mirror and he said, it's very clear to me that, you know, I weigh 200 pounds and I need to get really religious about making changes and with my weight. And then in 2015, he said, well, I definitely probably need to change my attitude, you know, about my weight. And in 2016, he said, I think I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. And in 2017, he said, well... I think I'll go to the gym three days a week. And in 2018, he's saying, I think I'll do my best to drive by the gym.
2: <laughs> I'll wait. One day a week. I'll, we, way I'll drive by the gym
1: if, and I'll do my best and I'll, I'll try to do that. <laughs> what What is it with within us that we're, where do we go with this, this bold part, this from from non movement and just conversing and knowing to actually putting things into action. You're a you're an expert at that.
2: There are so many places I could jump into that conversation. Let's stick with food for a moment because that's kind of the whole weight issue and what you were talking about at the beginning. If when I I was a nutritionist for many years and I taught healthy cooking and what I would Say is if i could get someone to actually pay attention and do the right thing step by step making one change at a time so that over the course of a month to 3 months they made a significant significant positive changes that the chances became infinitely better that they would do it for a lifetime because they would see the benefits It's one thing to read about the benefits and, oh, yeah, I know it's good for me and I'll do it tomorrow, but that chocolate cake sure looks good right now. And it's another thing to absolutely know, if I eat that chocolate cake, I'm going to wake up sluggish. I'm going to have another sugar craving, and I'm just going to – that cycle is going to keep on going. So where do I put a line in the sand and say, right here, right now, it's going to be different? Like the 2014 you were talking about, looking at his looking in the mirror, and here in 2018 he's going to wave at the gym on the way by. If in 2014 he had had the courage and the a big enough reason to begin, then 2018 would be an entirely different story. That's what I've noticed. I've coached people for years and once you get on the path, no matter which what the step is or why, whether it's because you were sick or because you were in an accident or because you just, your whole life fell apart and you said, I've got to do something, once you begin to turn it around, each step invites you to the next step. One of the things, so here, going back to the growing boulder, the whole older piece, And you were talking about looking in a mirror so many years ago when I was turning, I guess, around 50. I have a friend who now lives in California who, and the two of us were looking in the mirror in the morning and kind of moaning and groaning about the wrinkles and the puffiness and all the changes that were happening. And I said, this is never going to work. We can't do this for the rest of our lives. We're going to be miserable. We're going to make ourselves miserable. So we made a pact that neither of us would leave the mirror in the morning until we could see our own radiance and beauty. And some days that took quite a while, but we were committed to each other, not just to ourselves, but to each other. And every single day, we'd look in the mirror long enough to see beyond whatever new wrinkle there was to the wholeness, to the, to the radiant part of us, to our essence. And then we would take that that out into the world you know what i remember temple years ago when i was learning how to do public speaking and i was terrified and you coached me through it and you said that before i stand up from the chair i imagine this magic cloak of light and that what i have to say and give is so important that i need to step into that lightness and so as i get up from the chair i leave behind that shadowy part of me, there's no room for it. If I'm going to be fully present and offer what I have to offer, I still do that to this day. That's another aspect of that uh,
1: exercise. Mm. That's so powerful. It changed my life. Those of you, those of you tuning in, um, go to CoachMinks.com, CoachMinks, min com, And um, when they say the statement, who you are, speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying, or it shouts in my ears. That was actually Ralph Ralph Waldo Emerson. You'll see what I mean. So to just put some... Uh, clarification around this. When when Minx is talking about when she was 50, most people thought she was in her later 30s, as now she's in the walk of her 70s, that she looks like she's in her mid-50s. So just don't be fooled by the numbers, and because that's very important to understand when you're in the midst of this light that we're talking about. And that's why so many people all over the world have her as a life coach, Uh, in the way that they live, in the way that they take care of themselves, and now um, in the way that she's guiding all of us through the aging process. Um, I think Mink's Born is one of the only people I ever have known that has journaled more years than Oprah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ever since I'm 10 years old.
1: Uh-huh oh, ever since you're ten years old, this is so 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 very amazing. Well, one of the things that you taught me so well, especially when we're talking about being bolder and and um some changes, is um is there's a gentleness with breaking a habit i I feel that there's so many people when they set out to break a habit, there's such rigidity around it. And they already decide in their minds, mentalizing how hard it's going to be, what a struggle it's going to be, um, how they're going to be uncomfortable. They've already written this story before they've even taken the first step. It's like people are blown away when I say to them, you know, I'm coming on 31 years sobriety and they go, have you ever missed it? And I said, no, I can't even imagine that I ever did that, you know, been the greatest years of my life. And they went, but for so many people, it's a struggle. I said, well, they decide it's a struggle. You know, for me, I was just very clear it wasn't going to be a struggle. I was just on to the next thing. And that's the way you teach and coach people in changing some of these habits that need to change in order to, when you are aging, that you're not old, you're just a number, is that you've taught the dynamics of doing it in a gentle way, because like, I remember hanging out with you, and you didn't intimidate me, even though I was so impressed with who you were. But you know, you're sitting there talking about don't eat sugar and don't eat too much chocolate and everything, and I'm telling you to stop at the store so I can buy you know a piece of cake or something. But in your gentleness, you would say, just give it a give it a period of time that you would be willing to do something different. And that was the the biggest key because I would just give it a period of time that I was willing to do something different. And so I would do fruit instead or I would do something else with my time late at night or whatever because when you're without something for a while you really do notice how it affects you when you pick it up again and you're so right it's so easy for me now when people are asking me do you want this do you want a piece of cake do you want this and i go you know i probably would want it but i don't want it. i don't want what comes with it <laughs> it's a great thing <laughs> because way to i won't answer. i won't feel great tomorrow i'll be emotional I'll be angry or you know whatever and it's not worth one piece of brownie for me to go through that but thank you it looks good but I'd rather pass and it's it there's nothing hard about it hard is when we're doing things that do not really work for us in our on our behalf
2: so interesting when you talk about break a habit. First of all, if we shift it and say, "What's the new habit I can embrace, and how will how will I feel if I do that instead?" So mm-hmm. come at it with curiosity instead of guilt and punishment. What happens if instead of looking at the wrinkles in um, in the morning, I look at my radiance? What would that? How would my day be if I did that? So each time I look. I look at something, I look at what's the most positive way I can hold this. I remember years ago, I'm in a yoga class, and I've been doing yoga for 50 years now, I think, and an older woman comes in and says, oh, I... I was complaining, I was saying, oh, I have to go to yoga, I have to go to yoga, I have to go to yoga. And this is a woman who's older than I am, and she had this aha moment, which is a lot about what my book is about, these aha moments that we have. And she said, that's ridiculous, I'm 80 years old and I still get to go to yoga. So get over yourself and just get up and get to yoga. The change in the way she framed it, the privilege of being able to go and do yoga, the gift of it was extraordinary. I still get to look in a mirror and see my beauty, and then I text my friend and say, okay, got it, good for today, and she'll send me back a thumbs up, and we're good to go. So sometimes it's just how we frame it. It's like you now get to be sober. You had enough of the years of knowing what the other thing was about, and now you get to be sober, and you get to do all that you can do from that space
1: and another idea about about framing and of course we could do three or four radio shows just on aging and maybe that would be a good series for us to consider because i know that you are exceptional as far as modeling it and energy and who you are and how you show up and i i tend to think i am as well and so that being said, I remember, you know, when I was turning the number into to 50, I went through some moments of, wow, you know, what happened? <laughs> How did I get here? You know, just some normal feelings around that. And talking about reframing it, it occurred to me that I had already doubled my life expectancy. Because based upon the way I used to live, I had already doubled my life expectancy. There was no explainable reason in those years as to why I would still be alive. So once I got that, I went, well, I've already accomplished a lot. I can just relax and enjoy the journey.
2: (laughs) And, And interesting, when you talk about that, the accomplished a lot, because you certainly have, and there is that point where you can recognize Like when I turned 65, my mother had died before she reached 65. So that was always a milestone for me. But when we get to those, when we get to these later years, what I want women to understand is that every single year is a gift. Every moment is a gift. And we can waste them by regretting that we're already whatever that new age is or celebrate them because look at all the extra years you've had in your life. Each one is a gift. Whenever I'm, I'm up on stage, I always speak my age. I always say how old I am. And I remember being interviewed for an article for a magazine, and she said, well, I won't put that in. I said, no, please do put that in. Women need to know this is what growing old, older can be about. This is what these later years can be about. And let's celebrate them. So I get to be 73, actually, in a couple of weeks.
1: And that is so powerful for people because, you know, for so many people, like on Facebook, it's a secret. They won't put the year. Um, I've known a lot of people in their lives that go, I'm not going to celebrate birthdays anymore. I I don't believe in that. I I don't want to do that. And it's like there's this entire disconnect about the raw and the beautiful and the eccentric and the level of who they are and they're becoming. And I think there's something deep about that. When a person's embarrassed or or doesn't want to share their true age, it's about name it and claim it, you know, step in it and and shine. And I'm the same way. I, I, I dance and say i'm 'm going to be sixty and i'm I'm thrilled you know? <laughs> I'm I'm happy that I have as much energy as I do as a sixty year old mm-hmm. person because we are changing the paradigm of what that used to look like, and that's the beautiful part
2: part of that is because you've done the work to feel wonderful at sixty, and it doesn't matter what at what point in life we say, okay, like the guy you were talking about who was 2013, 14, whatever it was, and then just kept thinking next year and next year. At some point, if you do the work, it doesn't matter what age, that next year and that next year will be more radiant, more alive, more energized. So this. There's something to look forward to at any point in time. If, if when we talk about growing bolder, if there are things that I still want to do or say, then what in the world am I waiting for? Now is my time. That's one of the reasons I wrote this book. I wanted, I wanted this out in the world, and it, and I wanted it to be now. When you were talking before about the fear of naming our age, part of that is what do I want to say? It. Quote, unquote, it's not our fault because we live in a society that's very ageist. So ageism is a prejudice against growing older. And it, it's alive in spades in our country. Just look at magazine articles. Look at what's touted. Look at what's considered beautiful. So it's up to all of us to change, shift that entire paradigm. In other cultures in the world, people who live to be 80 or 90 are revered and are celebrated for their wisdom and what they have to contribute. We ourselves, one by one, need to claim this time in our life and shift this whole attitude toward growing older. It's up to each of us.
1: And we need to be out of the closet about it, you know, mm-hmm. no, no doubt about it. Uh, because, you know, the people in the world that wanted to be accepted as, as gay... That The change didn't happen because everybody was quiet. The change happened is because people were ready to step forward. And I'm I'm grateful to you, Minx Boren, for your willingness to step forward. I want to reiterate, reiterate to people that are listening to call in. We want to talk to you. We'd love to hear from you at 816-251-3555. We'd love to answer some of your questions or things that you're working with or a family member. In what it looks like to be growing bolder with gratitude, gusto, grit, and grace. And today you have the opportunity to talk to an expert.
2: Oh, I'd love for people to call in. In the meantime, when you say the title of the book, there's a reason for it. So it's the growing older bolder part. But right. the four elements gratitude. First, to just be grateful to be alive for, for this opportunity for whatever is showing up every day. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I journal about what I'm looking forward to that day. And at the end of the day, I write down what I'm grateful for. The gusto is it's an attitude. You can step into yoga class. I get to go to yoga. Or you can drag yourself in and say, I have to do this because, because, because. Um, the grit is is sometimes that's what it takes. You just take that step. A lot of grittiness is needed when we confront negative attitudes, whether it's about being gay or whether it's about being older or whatever. We need to show up with grit. We need to do what we need to do. And grace is twofold. It's the grace of God, and it's our own graciousness and gracefulness. It's a certain way of carrying ourselves in the world. And those four components, for me, are at the core of what Growing Bolder is about.
1: Well, I want to address all four of those when we come back after our, our break, because I would like for you to elaborate And us to do some interaction around that because they're all four are very powerful components to start incorporating. Um, And, you know, to remind our audience that what we're talking about today is the willingness to just do a little because little, little leads to big, big. And more often than not, when we think of doing the big chunks, you know, it prevents us from making a step at all. So I want to thank all of you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit. Thank you who you are as an audience. And go to com and org, And we love having you. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
2: If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to UnityOnlineRadio.org and click on Donate today.
0: Here's Eric Butterworth with a Unity Mindful Moment. Unfortunately, religions have tended to present themselves as institutions instead of perceptions something you join instead of a transcendence that you experience. We've tended to believe that God works exclusively through the machinery of an institution. So it is self-evident that most persons believe that you go to church to get close to God. The fact is, if God is present in the church, God is also present in the theater. God is present, period, because God is an omnipresence, presence everywhere present. So you don't go to church to get close to God, but you go to church, perhaps, hopefully, to be challenged to dig within yourself and to find that consciousness of the presence that is with you wherever you go. So that wherever you go, wherever you are, God is. To pick up the Eric Butterworth book, Practical Metaphysics,
2: go to Unity.org and click on Shop.
0: Would you like to show your support for Unity Online Radio? You can donate easily on your phone by texting the word VOICE to 50555 and donate $10 to support Unity Online Radio. It's easy to do, and your offering will help us keep inspirational and positive programming on the air. Remember, just text the word VOICE to 50555 and support your favorite shows on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Take some time to relax and tune into spirit with Reverend Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central, join Paulette for a soul-stirring meditation that will leave you energized and inspired. Tune in and connect with listeners around the world in affirmative prayer. Not your everyday radio show. Touching the Stillness will help you bring new meaning and clarity to your life. Find Paulette on Facebook and listen each week right here at Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816 251 3555. That's 816 251 3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: And welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in, and thank you for being with us. I'm talking to an author, an author of the newest book, Growing Older Bolder with Gratitude, Gusto, Grit, and Grace, uh, Minx Boren. She is a life coach. She is a nutritionist. She is a highly uh, regarded businesswoman. She's just... She's just amazing, and I'm one of her uh, most dedicated fans for sure. you can go to coachminks at dot com m i n x dot com you can read all about her. you will also see if you love poetry uh her poetry is rich, it's beautiful. she has several books. Um, I always tell her that there's two uh, poets that I really enjoy reading. Um, she's one of them, and Maya Angelou is the other. So in anything that she does, you're only going to benefit. Minks, we were talking earlier about uh, your newest book that's just literally hot off the press, and congratulations on your accomplishing that. But you were talking about the four components that are essential with growing older, bolder. Gratitude, gusto, grit, and grace. Elaborate with us and, and give us some tools or some techniques that we can actually put to use.
2: Okay, wonderful. Because if people walk away from this call with like just four, one simple step in each of those areas that they could do, just a place to begin, then I'll feel really good about this and I hope that everybody on this call will, too. So let's look at gratitude. One, one of the, I'm trained in something called positive psychology. And one of the things they have done lots of research on has to do with every day writing down three things very specifically that they're grateful for. So you can't just say, I'm grateful for my child or my husband or my friend or whatever. It has to be because today... That person gave me a foot massage or gave me a hug or a kiss. So the gratitude needs to be specific in the day, in the moment. It's the last thing I do before I go to sleep at night so that I seed my dreams and my sleep with positive energy. So that's one gratitude. That's one way to build that gratitude muscle. Let's look at gusto. So that's the enthusiasm for life. And right now I am leading workshops that are called let's get gutsy. And I'm leading them for women who are in their thirties, in their forties and beyond, looking at the two aspects of getting gutsy. So one of them has to do with tapping into your gut, your own know- knowing, your own authenticity and leading from that place. And the and the other part is with that knowing, to really get gutsy, what's the what's the stretch What's the one thing that's out of my comfort zone? If you did one thing out of your comfort zone each day, it would be astounding what you could accomplish. Many years ago, I was part of a women's group, and we challenged each other every day to do one thing that was a little uncomfortable. And there were six of us, and we had to do it for a whole month, and we were all dedicated because we knew everyone else was doing it. I was on a trip out west and I'm terrified of heights and every day I did something where I walked down the rim of the Grand Canyon or was on a on a horse going down the rim of something or standing at the edge of something just confronting my fear and allowing myself to feel this this great gutsiness and this gusto for being alive of uh, let's see the grit we we were talking about that earlier and my favorite story my whole book is a series of aha moments moments when and we all have them when you know something differently than you knew than you knew it before it's like earlier temple you said little little leads to big big so if that were for someone an aha moment they actually made that come alive in their life by thinking one little thing and one little thing until it became a big big that's a step in the right direction so years ago, I was, I knew how to cook. I'd been cooking for many years. I did lots of dinner parties. And I was taking basic courses in healthy cooking. It was new for me. And my teacher came to my house for a dinner, and it was this big, elaborate dinner party. And she said to me, oh, my God, you really can cook. I said, I told you I can cook. I just don't know healthy cooking. And she said, you're going to come teach for me. And I said, oh, my God, I can't do that. I can't stand up in front of people. She said, would you please get over yourself? You're, you know too much. You've got this gift, and your job is to share it with the world. The world's in too much trouble for you to make yourself small. So get, get your grit on and just do it. And I did, and it changed my life. I learned how to stand up and speak, not just cook but to, in front of people, but to stand up and speak in front of them. And the grace part is it's every day. I, can't, I literally have a journal where I just write down serendipities, the unexpected, magical, miraculous things that happen every day. And often we don't even notice it. My, my one for today is my battery died. I was supposed to get in the car to go somewhere, and my battery died in the middle of it. And, this, and I had an odd battery, and wouldn't you know that the guy who came, isn't that funny? I just happened to have one of those on the truck, so I'm good to go. So there's my, my being held in grace and miracles happening. And, and they're all over. Just pay attention and then give thanks. So, they
1: kind of covered it, Temple. Oh, yeah, and you're just scratching the surface of your wisdom, and kind of, you know, bringing it all in. And um, I, I love that idea of grace. And I was um, brought up in the early days of um, a Southern Baptist, deep-rooted Southern Baptist, not contemporary, not con- you know, liberal, but definitely extreme. And um, we sang a lot the song Amazing Grace, and I had such a distaste for that song because, you know, wretched and I need to be saved and, you know, picked up and lifted up. And it just sounded so victim to me until Mm -hmm. I actually did the research on that song. And I realized that it was a story of John Newton who just identified with the ways of his father. And just went with, you know, what the family did. And his dad was a slave captain. And so he didn't ever consider that he had another choice. So he became a slave captain. And due to almost a fatal uh, shipwreck, um, he was saved. And he had this huge epiphany that his life could be different. And that's the whole point to the song. And so now it is by far one of my favorite songs like ever <laughs> because it's about that place of through grace we can see life in such a different way. And we we can have different results. And that's exactly you know what Minx is saying is that whatever it is that you see in your future or something that you're hearing that inner voice or that intuitive call that says, you know, I I want to lose X amount of weight or I want to achieve more success in business or I want to be more financially stable or whatever it is, is to look at how you can do that incrementally. Because as Minx is saying, once you set that in motion... Then you get to see the benefit as you go along, and then it's worth it because there's excitement there. You know, there's energy there. And I I feel that's one of the the greatest stopping points for so many people is they view things as a lot. You know, oh, that's a lot. And so they do nothing. You know, Mm -hmm. like uh, the need for children needing help or uh, to save a few animals along the way. Just save one. You know, just help one, just help a neighbor and do these things incrementally and they're not so overwhelming. But often when we perceive them as a lot, it winds up being a glorified excuse to do nothing.
2: That whole idea of the story behind John Newton and the whole idea of doing something, starting somewhere, recognizing that it can be different. Many years ago, um, I had both my hips replaced because I was a marathon runner, and afterwards I could not really walk. And so at some point, to, to come to peace with that, to accept this, there are lots of people who manage to move around on the planet, and not everybody does it on Two Legs That Are Pain-Free, I took myself away to a prayer retreat, and over the course of 10 days, I wove my prayers and drummed my prayers and sang my prayers and just was with the whole concept of allowing, being open to something that I don't have to know exactly how it's going to happen. And I came away from that retreat with the prayer, Thy will be done, show me and i've lived that prayer now for for almost 20 years and if i just get still enough and recognize this is where i this is where i'd like to be heading this is what i would like to happen i have no idea how to get there but if it's if it's meant to be if it's a gift not just to me but to the, to the world then show me it was how i found the publisher my two other books, Friendship is a Journey and Healing is a Journey, were both published by Blue Mountain Arts, and they found me in effect because I was reading poetry at a religious service, um, as just part of the evening, and a young man came up to me and said, my mother would love your poetry, and his mother was Susan Polish Schultz, and there it was. I didn't know how to find someone to publish the poet. I didn't know anything but something larger than me did. That's grace.
1: I love that story, and it it's one of those stories like you hear about a celebrity being discovered on an airplane or you know something like that. That story you just told is is that profound. And the fact that you said yes and were willing to read your poem in the first place, you know, Mm -hmm. and allowing that place to be set up, Um, both uh, the the two of us have always lived by pay attention to what knocks on your door three times. And if some of you are listening and you're going, well, I want to make some changes, you know, I've been thinking about a new, you know, uh, eating program or, you know, I've been thinking about some supplements that would help me or maybe doing a a detox or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I love to live by that place of uh, whatever knocks on my door three times, it is an indication of that is the next thing for me to do. So pay attention to that and really tune in and listen to that. That's how I got involved in shamanism is that, three times in different experiences and in different cities people said to me i could see that you would really love that work and but that third time i went okay i surrender i am absolutely i'm going to be open to whatever presents itself because obviously it's it's mine to do so live that way be a, be attentive to that and you're exactly right they will be done because it it will happen it will occur because it's shape shifting your path to the next experience that you are to have
2: and part of it is it doesn't have to look like you think it's going to look so I know you're one telling of the, me. <laughs> one of the one of your Nick shaman says, teachers. "Oh, you're
1: telling me like you used to say, and who's your you boyfriend?" And I said, "Not to go a find boy." Perfect
2: shaman, <laughs> right? You just sorry, so I just had to be there for a second. the perfect shaman landed in your lap when you were ready to to take it on, mm-hmm. and it happens that way so much more than we can imagine. Uh... Yoga came my way just when I was about to have two spinal fusions. I was in my 20s. I couldn't walk. I had, you know, been diagnosed with all kinds of dire stuff, if you want to believe all that. And a friend said, there's this yoga class, and it's right down the block. Why don't you come with me? Changed my life. So, and I had seen a book on yoga. You know, sometimes a book will fall in your lap or something, or you'll turn on, and all of a sudden everything is yoga. There's, there, there it is on television, and there it is. You pass a shop that has yoga clothes, and all of a sudden it's like showing up again and again, and, and something clicks, like with shamanism. Or, and you, maybe I should just look into that. Maybe I should go to that one class. That one class changed my life, and I never did the surgery. I just got a really strong um core and it made everything different. It's very so the universe powerful. is always trying to tell us it's a question of whether we're willing to listen even when it's like yes but I don't want to do it that way it's the yeah but stuff. We we want it to show up exactly the way we want it to show up. We have this idealized and the universe has another idea. I wanted this, this book growing bolder Originally, I had an agent, and we had a New York publisher, and everything was going great, except I broke my wrist, and that put it on hold for two years, and then when it when it was possible to write again, and I had a chance to revisit it, I was so glad it hadn't gotten published earlier because there were things I wanted to change. I saw a whole new context for what i was writing it just all fell into place so it's thank you god for the broken wrist because it gave me the time to take two years off to come back and write a much more powerful book but i couldn't have said that to you at the time it was like darn you know everything's getting in my way instead of everything's leading to a new way
1: it opened the door for something in, entirely different. I was talking mm-hmm. to my um, my class last night about how the word prayer has changed so many times in my life, you know, because growing up prayer was, you know, begging and pleading and I'd make all these arrangements with God if, you know, if I get this new car, I'll... I'll stop smoking cigarettes and I would get the new car but I didn't stop smoking cigarettes. You know, I make all these the things, <laughs> these promises and a, a lot of them were well, were were a bit empty, you know, as a teenager, but that being said, then prayer in unity and in the science of mind became declar- uh, uh, declarative, it be- you know, affirmation, more an anticipation and putting into prayer What I wanted rather than you know what I didn't want so if I wanted to you know if I had the flu I didn't say you know heal the flu it was like I want I claim my health and those kind of things and it's all been you know beautiful and an evolution but for me now you know I used to think that when we pray we're we're stating something that's brand new and a lot of people feel that when they pray That they're stating something to the universe that the universe is hearing for the first time. Whereas for me, what I've been um, percolating um, over these last few years within myself is when I pray an idea, what I'm declaring is that I've actually heard the desire inside my heart and I'm saying I'm Mm -hmm. ready for the invitation. So it's an entirely different space of holding the ability for one to pray in mm-hmm. that knowing and in that consciousness. So my prayer is not new information. I don't need to doubt my prayer happening because it's it was put in me in the first place. For me to simply say, here I am, and it is likened to the same way of what you're saying, thy will be done through me. You know, it will be done but it creates an energy of receptivity and acceptance and acknowledgement from the get-go instead of anything that might be separate or limited within ourselves.
2: And to take that to the next level, there's this whole concept, because I learned visualization many years ago and began to visualize like moving to Florida, which happened 30 I had this you know, nice little house on the ocean, and I, I had a picture of what I thought, might be doable but i always ended that kind of i don't know prayerful image is the way i would put it by saying either this or something beyond what i know now will happen and truly something way beyond what i could have imagined happened and i think that's the opening to grace to miracles to serendipities to something beyond us the universe wants to gift us, and we don't even, we have to grow into the capacity to receive it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of a, a story that it kind of resurfaces um, on the internet from time to time, but it's about uh, a man who, who dies and goes through um, St. Peter, and they ask for someone to give him the tour and they go to this big warehouse, and there's all these presents with, you know, bows and quite elaborate. And the man says, what, what are those? You know, this warehouse of, you know, all these gifts. And um, the tour guide said, oh, those are all the gifts that we wanted for you, but you were never open to receive them. Ooh. I love. Isn't that powerful? I yeah, love that.
2: it's so powerful. So powerful. And so it's just kind of that open-handed, Thy will be done, just show me what's next. When I am lost and I don't know what next, or when one door closes, there's a part of me now, of course, one of the things about growing older bolder is, the part of me now can say, hmm, so I wonder what door is opening up. Is that it, what is it that i meant to see or turn to? instead of just assuming that I missed the boat, it's like, what, what's the new thing that I couldn't have imagined for myself that will show up in that space that I've now created? And in my case, in this case, it was a, it was a better book. One of the things about writing a book about growing bolder is it, you learn in the process of doing it you teach what, I used to say in cooking, you teach what you want to learn you, really in anything, but you also write what you want to learn. So in writing it, I had to rise to my own next level of boldness. It, we're going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of knowing isn't doing. So we have to walk the talk that we want that we want to be in and stretch beyond what's comfortable.
1: I, I love that. Um... I had a a beautiful experience recently where I was on a um, a detox program and I was sent supplements from an amazing uh, herbologist, uh, Bernie Myers in, in Miami. And she's just a great coach about detoxing and Anyway, so she sent me these supplements, and supplements and a tea I was supposed to uh, drink were stapled together. And so when I was taking the supplements, I accidentally swallowed the staple. And so I kept feeling like the staple, it was hung in my throat. So short of Mm. the story is I, I wound up going to get x-rays and going to the you know emergency room and you know those kind of things and um i wasn't really concerned about it i just wanted to feel like i was being wise about it you know because of my life as a speaker and a teacher and everything Mm. with the voice and it was so right there at my vocal cords but anyway that being said um it wound up to be that, you know, all was well and the staple had moved through my system. But I was just very clear on uh, Minx minks. And, and, and part of that whole experience was that I got to see how gentle I have become with myself. Mm. Because there, there would have been a time that I wouldn't have been able to make the distinction between I made a mistake and I am a mistake. Um, From you know some of my background, and it was just like, gosh, it's just it's really no big of a deal. And because I have a high deductible, because I'm very fortunate, and I don't need to go to doctors and stuff like that, I got a bill. I got a number of bills, but one of them was three thousand dollars. And I just said to myself, and laughing, I really did. I went, now that was kind of an expensive mistake, wasn't it? And so I mailed a check in. Okay. And in the mail, I get back, address in handwriting with that bill, with my check, and it said, you have a zero balance. Somebody somewhere took care of that at no cost Mm -hmm. to me. And those are the kind of miracles, you know, that you're alluding to and that you're talking about and how to live in this space of gratitude, gusto, grit, and grace. Uh, I'm here with Minx Boren, her newest book, Growing Older Bolder, with gratitude, gusto, grit, and grace. Growing Bolder with Gratitude, Gusto, Grit, and Grace. Go to CoachMinks.com. You can learn more about her And you can see the various products that she has. You can see that she leads women's circles. She does workshops all over the nation. She has all that and then then some. And you definitely want to invite her into your home through a book, through uh, coaching, through the many things that she has to offer. If you're enjoying these kind of conversations, I'd love for you to write in. We'd love to hear from you of various intentional authors and speakers that you would love to see us have. And we all are also very committed and want to invite you to learn to call in on the program so that we can talk out loud and see what some of your interests are and how to integrate and how to interact with some of our guests live. You can go to firstunity.org and learn more about our spiritual community. We have programs 24-7, all kind of activities happening. We live stream on Sunday. And you can also visit me at templehays.com. And I would urge you to do so and receive daily inspirations so that you can always stay in the know and also keep up with the various uh, people that are on the show here, The Intentional Spirit. We're very grateful to Unity Online Radio because, indeed, it is offering a voice for a changing world. And it's amazing when we hear from people in Switzerland and Norway and not long ago from Tokyo of people that are tuning in. Just really great to be able to touch that Minks. it's been a pleasure having you on our show would you like to leave us with a quote before we go off the air today
2: oh something that you taught me years ago when we sat drumming before I was going through surgery and it was I will be gentle with myself I I will will be
1: gentle with myself we leave you with that idea today everyone it's about being gentle Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.